Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life, number 197 in the series. Got to do something special for 200, right? Maybe get those two uh, guys on that uh, started it all. FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers. They uh, obviously have the Club MX team with Phil and Enzo. They've got a lot of riders out there, a lot of privateers uh, running FXR Racing. The Pulp MX 30 code to save Josh Cartwright. The guy last week on our show wears FXR and was crushing it again in uh, Anaheim 2 at the Triple Crown. A lot of racers running it and looks really good. A lot of different colors, a lot of different styles. We saw some uh, 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 fading uh, pink and blue stuff at Anaheim 1 opener. So check it out. Pulp MX 30 is the code to save with those guys. Also, Race Tech Suspension. Pulp MX 23 is the code to save. Tell them you listen to Race Tech. There's Race Tech service centers all across America as well. Get your suspension oil changed. Get your bushings done. Get the bike working right they do motors now as well team solitaire running race tech motors so please uh save with race tech suspension services by telling them you listen to pulp using the code getting the discount and having your bike work better it's february as we do this so if you're in a winter covered state you can uh, take your suspension off now send it to race tech get it working better for you in the spring and save some money uh so thank you to thank you to those guys also, Namira Technologies, Roost MX, Maxis, Firepower, Seat Concepts, and Zools, all on board with us this podcast with Van Martin talking about his future plans and more. We'll tell you more about those companies later, but for now, let's get a Van on the line, shall we? And now, welcome to the show, longtime privateer hero. He's been on this pod a few times, uh, does a really good job there teaching motocross schools uh, over in Texas, and uh, has been a part of the scene for a long, long time. It's Van Martin. What's up, man? How are you? what's up steve i'm pumped to be on here and i really appreciate you having me on yeah no problem while we're heading east we're going to houston uh we're not going to see you though this this weekend right nope unfortunately we won't but yeah home hometown race this is my first year i won't be racing it since i turned pro basically yeah what's that like what's that feeling like uh it's kind of it's a bummer <laughs> dude it's sad it really is sad like i I turned pro in 2013 as my first Supercross year, and I literally broke my wrist like a few weeks before Houston, and I like still lined up, and uh, it wasn't the greatest. But I've raced it every year. They've had it since, even even the year where I had a really gnarly injury um, after that when I broke my back. And uh, but to not be racing it is just I've always I've always made it happen no matter if I was underprepared. Yeah. going into houston but this year is like it's a bummer but i'm still going to be involved a lot so i'm i'm happy with that well i mean yeah it, it has to end sometime for the streak right like yeah it had to end sometime uh you had a nice run at it like you said for 10 years of racing it um yeah. but yeah the, these things happen uh what's the racing plans look like what uh what are we thinking or is this is this you ever see yourself getting back on the track or, or where are we at man i um, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn. I, uh, my doctor that not the doctor that did my surgery, but the doctor that I see all the time is mm -hmm. very knowledgeable about the sport. He actually, he used to like try to race outdoor nationals like back in, um, back in the like early nineties. And, uh, so he's very knowledgeable with the sport. And he told me my best advice is to, to never, <laughs> never hit a jump again, because I don't, I got two rods and 15 screws basically holding my back together yeah. and uh, I don't bend anymore. So it's, I don't know. He recommended 
but I never race again or never never hit a jump again. Yeah, so, right. I mean, you kind of got to go. It's, it's a kind of scary thought, you know, because I don't – say I crash, I don't bend anymore, so now I'm going to break above or below – yeah, the where rods. my place, yeah. where my the rods are. So it's, I mean, I guess I could just announce on the show that I am, I am officially retired. I got a lot more. Or reti- I don't. I know you have loosely. I wouldn't say retired, but I quit. I guess is that your term? <laughs> well, my, my whole <laughs> you can't thing call is it a retirement, do, right? Do you, but, do you need to work again? If yes, then you just quit. That's my whole yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And if you exactly. don't need to work again, which yeah. is I don't know, five percent of motocrossers that never need to work again, uh, then you can say you retired. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I quit. I officially, I'm going to announce it on this show. Oh wow! Look on the Privateer Island podcast, that I am quitting from motocross last supercross racing <laughs> so uh man it's it's tough it's it's been weighing on me for a while now but i just can't i got so much going on right now too that i'm i'm happy with the position that i'm in i uh i gave it a hell of a run for 10 years i mean i turned pro in 2012 right after loretta's and raced outdoors and um damn i raced i was i was adding it up before i did this podcast mm-hmm. but um I've raced 78 Supercrosses, um, made eight main events in the 250 class. Um, I've raced 70 outdoors and uh, gotten top 20 quite a few times um, in outdoors. So it's I, – I, I don't know. I'm happy with what I accomplished really looking mm-hmm. back at it. And I started as a kid that didn't really – I was always at the motor track, but I was like this fat, chubby, redheaded kid that just ran around and wanted to have fun. And then whenever I turned like 15, I just flipped the switch and um, started chasing the dream. And um, for me to be able to say that I raced at the highest level for almost 11 years, um, man, it's it's a pretty cool accomplishment. I mean, I, I never made a 450 main. That was the one thing I wanted to check off of my bucket list. Um, but man, I had a hell of a run. Honestly, got a two digit number. You know, I, I was happy about that. I, I checked a bunch of boxes yeah. off of my list that I wanted to accomplish and sure. I didn't make a 450 main, but, um, man, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I did in the sport for sure. Well, look, I, I tried to be pro and, you know, I turned pro and could never make a night show and never got points at a national and, and, you know, uh, didn't qualify for a bunch of them. And so there's different levels of success. I, sitting here behind a microphone, you know, would love to have your success, uh, all the things that you did, your national number, all that stuff. It's just a degree of, of happiness that you got to be with yourself, and it sounds like you are. Like, you know, you, you've listed off your accomplishments, and you're ha- and that's good. Like, don't – yeah, don't leave it being mad or bitter. Look at it yeah. at what you did, right? Because yeah. a lot of people couldn't do what even you did. So um, yeah, sure. I think that's how you got to look at it is like, hey, man, did I do everything I wanted to? No, but I was damn pretty good for – I was – pretty damn good for a while you know yeah, yeah like when i when i started adding it up like to have 78 supercross races i was like holy shit like i like uh, even <laughs> yeah. i did not realize that i had raced under the lights that many times and like i mean i basically qualified for every night show and every outdoor like in the uh in for top 40 and for the night show like mm-hmm. that i i only missed like 
a couple out of my whole career out of the 11 years of being pro to, so to be consistently in the top 40 that many times and um man it's, it's it's pretty cool like i said the only the only thing that i had left on my bucket list which which i'm to me i'm saying in my head that i made it happen last year even though i got hurt and i didn't really but i think i would have snuck in a main event last year in the 450 class um just looking at the guys i was around and yeah and how much i was progressing i mean shit even that that weekend where i crashed um i still qualified like a little bit outside of the top 20 um and i i was on the board as i'm getting like hauled off on the stretcher i was sitting in the top five under like a ray and like uh Carnow, and i was i was right there mm-hmm. and i crash and didn't finish half the practice so i was making big gains so in my head i'm like man i would that would have been my year like a, in my head i'm saying i i, I kind of made a main that year you know yeah yeah take us through uh when you crashed and what, what happened to it i know it was a bad one yeah i mean the crash wasn't bad at all it's on my instagram if people want to go look at it um it's a couple of slides like on my x-ray slides there's a few different things that i posted in one but dude it it wasn't bad i just clipped this triple in the rhythm um going into a corner and there was one more roller left and i just hung the rear wheel up on it a little bit uh-huh. and when you when you slow-mo it like on my camera i can really see what happened was is i clipped it but i still landed on the brakes um which typically wouldn't have affected me because there was one roller left and then a tight corner but it was kind of dry on the landing so when i landed on the brakes um my front end washed and it sent me into a high side and then my i just landed like kind of neck or head first into the next roller and it sucks because it was only going a few miles an hour but just the way i landed just totally exploded um t7 in my back t6 t7 and t8 were all like damaged pretty bad but um t7 was like totally crushed and uh man it got really scary uh i I thought i was good yeah i I heard about it i heard about the next day or the next night or two days later like van's seriously in a bad shape yeah yeah it it was like it was no big deal the first night like i posted a video talking to everyone um saying that like i'm good i have all feeling like i can't believe i walked off the track basically and I kind of, I kind of figured I shouldn't have walked off the track, just how bad it hurt. But I just thought I had compression fractures in my back because I've actually compressed those. I have had that compression fracture done on T6 and T7 twice before, and that was my third time breaking those vertebrae. And uh, so I thought it was just like a heavy compression fracture. It hurt pretty bad. But then when I saw the X-ray, I'm like, holy shit! How am I even? how am I walking? Like, how am I able to feel anything? And, uh, the doctors are like, yeah, we don't know either. We're going to have to keep a really close eye on you. And they're coming in and doing tests, um, a lot strength and mobility tests. And then, um, yeah, my, my feet and my hands started tingling and, um, which was, it was really scary Mm -hmm. and they started going numb. And then they, uh, they wanted to kind of rush me into surgery to relieve because what happened was just with the uh with how the t7 was just shattered it was there was a blood hematoma like putting pressure on my spinal cord all around there just from all the trauma and it it was growing and they 
on one hand, they wanted to rush me into surgery, but they wanted their best doctor on hand. So they waited a day and, uh, and my strength was still there. So that was, that was the only thing that was cool was like, they were doing these, these tests on me and they had me pushing against their hands and I could still, even though I was losing feeling, I could still push and like move. Mm-hmm. So that yep. was, yep. it was getting scary cause I was getting numbness, but I could still like, I still had strength. So on the other hand, um, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I definitely want the best doctor to be here. And then they did, I waited, uh, over a day and then they did one surgery, screwed up on that one and then had to do another surgery. The first surgery was only supposed to be eight hours, ended up being 13 hours. The next surgery was only supposed to be two hours, ended up being five hours. Um, but the finished project product is, was pretty good. My doctor was, I mean, he was, he was pissed off that it took so long. He Mm -hmm. said he would have done it in half the time and not screwed up. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But the finished product was, is he was happy with it. So, so um, you have these rods in your back. What, what, what do you have any other lasting effects like from this crash? Do you have anything else? Yeah. Yeah. I still have, um, my left foot is still, my left heel is, is numb, but my left foot is still like my toes are like tingly. They're not totally numb, mm-hmm. but um, they're tingly. My stomach is still pretty damn numb. My back, I can't even like if you my wife rubs her hands down my back, I can't really feel anything on my back. And then my left hand is really um, it's not totally numb, but it's like tingly yeah. all the time, like really yeah. sensitive. So, um, Man, it, it you seemed like you it was can't get on back. a bike van. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I could, I could, I could. I, I oh. want to like little corner track stuff. Uh huh. Um, I, I'm content with just like. I, I really, I was thinking about like trying to make a plus twenty five run at Loretta's again, but that's definitely my wife would kill me if I did that. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm content like just riding a little corner track. Like that would be. I think my doctor would be fine with that and I can do that. So sure. That's, yeah. that's still fun to me. Um, but I don't know. I went to Loretta's this year and watched plus 25 and watched Heath Harrison and Robbie Marshall and like, mm-hmm. um, Cole, Cole Martinez and Jacob Bomber, like dudes that I've all like battled with at some point in outdoors or supercross. And dude, they're just running up front and killing it. And it looks so much fun that I'm like, Oh, that looks it looks <laughs> fun. It didn't look, it didn't look like supercross or outdoors where there's so much pressure where like I kind of put pressure on my shoulders that try to score some points and try to make a main. And, uh, and it looked like at Loretta's watching plus 25 is it, all the dudes were like high fiving and it just looked fun. So sure. yeah. Well, yeah, is your, is your, me, but... is your rate of recovery stopped or do they say that some of your, some of these things that are going on, will will get better, man. It was, it was weird. I, uh, I thought the numbness was almost done with like it was my foot was getting better in my hand and um I was doing physical therapy a lot like um twice a week I was going to this place and um paying quite a bit to to do physical therapy but since I had my daughter or well I should say my wife had our daughter um she's four months old now I haven't had time to really do physical therapy so now I feel like the numbness is just kind of it was progressing and now it's just kind of plateaued almost. So, um, 
it's tough to say. I, the numbness isn't too big of a deal to to deal with, anyways. Like I'm, I've broken wrists before and mm-hmm. um, kind of felt this kind of numbness. It's not it's not super gnarly, but it is irritating almost. Yeah, yeah, really, but, right? Uh, yeah, I know you've uh, been doing schools for a number of years. Uh, you still doing that? Mm-hmm. How's that going? How, how's everything going with that? That's it's going amazing. Me and Good. me and Colin Edwards, um, we train at. I train at Collins Piece of Properties, Texas Tornado Boot Camp, where I'm sure some fans probably know that um, Colin Edwards is a two-time world superbike champion, and um, he's got the Texas Tornado Boot Camp side of things where they do a bunch mm-hmm. of flat track uh, camps out here, and we rent out bikes to people. But um, a year and a half ago, well, almost two years ago now, we started the moto side of things, which is TTMX is what we call it, and we are... Uh, Man, we're like a full-time training facility. We have kids out here that is, oh, wow. that I'm training. Cool. Yeah, I'm training Monday through Friday out here, basically, and um, have some kids that win amateur national championships. And then um, I have certain days, too, where um, I train beginner, like learn-to-ride kids. So I got a really big, like a diverse group of kids that I train. I train some beginners that have never ridden a dirt mm-hmm. bike, and then I got just local racers, and then I get kids that are national championships and trying to win national championships at Loretta's and stuff. So it's been, it's been really cool, dude. I had, a uh, we had 20 kids that were training with us before Loretta's that made it there and that, that did pretty well there. So I have, I have my hands full in the, in the amateur national scene for sure. Like yeah. I'm, I'm heavy into the amateur side of things right now. Yeah. It sounds like it. I follow you on Instagram and yeah, you're, you're, seems like that's a nice uh, thing. A nice, I mean, look, you're not racing. But you're around dirt bikes. You're teaching. It's it's got to be like fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when some of my kids are on the podium at Loretta's and they thank me on the podium, like man, I because I remember being the kid and getting on the podium finally at Loretta's and and winning a couple motos at Loretta's and um, I've been there. So helping mm-hmm. a kid go from like a top ten kid to a kid that's battling for wins at at the highest level of amateur racing is like man it's 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 such a big such a great feeling it feels like an accomplishment i feel like i was i was just there so it's like so good to do the same and teach the kids the ways you know it's uh man it's i love it i love where i'm at and yeah it was it was honestly the injury and stuff happened that it couldn't have happened at a better time i mean my wife we knew we were pregnant everything was planned like um and I got hurt and the coaching thing has been going so well. It had been growing and it was honestly like, man, I'm, I'm content, you know, I'm happy with, um, with me getting hurt. It sucked. And, but I look at the big picture and I can, I have all feeling, I have all movement. I could spend time with my daughter and family and, and I'm coaching kids and that's growing. I mean, I'm for how bad it could have been. I'm very thankful that where I'm at right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, I want to thank the folks at FXR and Racetech, and of course, Roost MX as well. 48 hour turnaround, roostmx.net. Get your graphics made there, numbers, backgrounds. They got canopies, they got pitch shirts. Roostmx.net. Pulp Nation is the code to save with them. Uh, so go there and design it, and they'll uh, do a good job for you to, to make it come real. And Pulp Nation section uh, on their website has t shirts and stickers and things like that for Pulp MX if you want to support us. Uh, for over 20 years, Namir has been pushing the limits of value and reliability in the world of engine components. Whether you're restoring your 80s race bike, which I'm going through one right now, 
or rebuilding your 450 motor for A1, Namira has what you need. Featuring a full line of cast and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, and coming soon, engine valves and complete cylinders. Follow them on Instagram for giveaways and exciting new products. And Joan Cross is running the Namira Invictus Speed Crew this Supercross season. So thanks to those guys for coming on uh, as well. Um, hey, the Colin Edwards, his his son's still racing, right? He's, he's an up-and-coming yeah, kid? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, Hayes is up-and-coming. Um, and he's been doing really good. He's he's only been racing motor now for two years. I mean, he started off trying to mm-hmm. kind of follow Colin's footsteps. And, uh, and he realized like two years ago, he started riding moto a little bit more. They had a little corner track there at boot camp, And uh, he realized he wanted to race moto. And I started seeing them around the track, started seeing Colin and Hayes. That's Colin's son's name mm-hmm. is Hayes. And, uh, and then I started training Hayes at, at three palms locally. And then, we started going out to his corner track at the boot camp, and then I just we started bringing some kids out there to train at the corner track. And then I was like, Colin, why don't we just build a legit track if we're trying to go? If Hayes is trying to go pro in in moto, mm-hmm. um, let's let's take out all these trees, and you got enough property to build a track. And now now we got a badass outdoor track. It's got we got a twelve man starting gate. Um, it's like a two minute lap on the outdoor track. It's rough. It's rutted um Hayes is doing extremely good he he just got ace at Loretta's this year in, in schoolboy two and was running up front in 250b he actually he pulled a whole shot one moto over over danger boy which is pretty badass and led for he didn't leave for long but mm-hmm. um I I truly believe that's where he can be is like winning amateur national championships and in schoolboy and in b class and for him being in moto for only a couple years it's it's pretty unbelievable. This kid has natural talent, like crazy. Yeah. His corner speed is just, it's unreal. He can, he can really, um, I think he could really take it far and I'm trying to get him to open some heads, especially for, or turn some eyes for, uh, for the spring nationals coming up for sure. Um, he got injured at mini O's, which was a bummer. I, that could have been a good race for him. Um, but he did decent at Loretta's and hopefully spring nationals coming up. He does really good, and uh, and we're trying to get him. We're about to build a supercross track here too. Oh which, boy, things are getting serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were trying to build it before Houston, um, but we've been having a lot of rain recently, and it's been raining all this week. So I'm kind of we're we're trying to give a like we don't have one supercross track in Houston right now because Three Palms took theirs down too, but and then my supercross track that I had um at decompression acres that one got kind of tamed down too so i was we were trying to build a supercross track for the privateers to come ride but it's just been raining non-stop so that didn't happen but yeah we're definitely we're getting serious because hayes is trying to do some features rounds too so hopefully um people will be seeing him seeing his name a lot more right yeah. uh, hey you mentioned your injury obviously that 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 took you out finally but like you said, you had some other neck injuries going on, and then I think you broke your mm-hmm. leg really bad, right? Like you've had some big ones. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's I. Man, it, it's been. I've had a lot of injuries. You have you know, about it a lot, <laughs> like, and it sucks because I think my progress in in the amateur in like my amateur career was, um, man, I didn't have any injuries whenever I was coming through, and I went from like a a kid that was way in the back in amateur nationals, the kid that was running up front. And I think it's because he was just hard work and steady progress and no injuries. And then when I turned pro, um, 
man, the first year, 2012, I did the last four outdoors. I was fine. 2013, I broke my wrist. 2014, I broke my other wrist. 2015, I ruined my face and broke my back for the first time. 2016, um, 2016 was my really good year where I didn't get hurt. I raced all East Coast, made a bunch of mains, raced all outdoors. That was a, a good year. Um, 2017, I broke my collarbone at A1, and then I raced East Coast, did decent. 2018, um, I actually I had a f- – um, no, I broke my wrist again, but I raced all East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's been – dude, literally, it's been almost every year. I think 2019, I got all 17 rounds in. Um, 2018, I did all of outdoors. 2020, I blew my knee out. Yeah, like you were saying. 2021, I got all Supercross rounds in. And then 2022, I got hurt. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been full of injuries, dude. I've had – since I turned pro, I've had, I've had 10 surgeries and – uh I think it's it's been some that's held me back because I've been oh, for sure right yeah yeah I would like have a building year and I'd see progress and um like even even this year like I was getting more or well twenty twenty two I should say not twenty three but um twenty one I was healthy all year I learned a lot and then twenty two um I was getting better each round getting more comfortable on the bike and getting close to the top you know like qualifying almost top 20 in in the 450 class and then yeah just been setback after setback and it's crazy because looking back like we would race the winter series around here in mm-hmm. texas and uh which is a big series back when i was amateur before i got hurt and colt nichols would show up every weekend in oldenburg and jeremy martin would show up sometimes and dude i'd be like beating those guys like yeah quite often and well not jeremy really but colt and and mitchell we had so many batters when we were amateurs and uh and even in john short was around here all the time and to see those guys just how our careers have gone so different ways Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of a lot of mine has been injuries and having to deal with overcoming that and having a setback year and then trying to grow and then having another setback and trying to grow but i'm um man it's been injury after injury and just i i actually i think a lot of that was having to do with just not riding supercross as an amateur like what what uh, on y'all's last podcast like daniel blair was talking about it and uh and even seth wrote the podcast before on pulp was was talking about amateurs riding supercross nowadays and i think that's so good like i was just thrown in the wolves and i had the balls to send it but (laughs) like man it just causes for injuries right when you go to a supercross and you're a young kid and you just you want to send it and you want to you want to prove people wrong and do something in the sport and you just shut your brain off and go for it and that's what causes injuries in supercross and it's it's crazy that in in 2022 um being um i was 28 years old i still felt like i was learning supercross (laughs) yeah really right yeah. Unbelievable. And in outdoors, you like, you know what you're doing. Like, you know what to expect. It's no big deal. But, and I'm still like, still felt like a rookie in Supercross, just learning like every time you're on the track. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. You think about whether you're Tomac or Van Martin, when you miss time, the other guys are going and learning and you're, you're hurt. And yeah, I mean, it's as tail as old as time in motocross racing. Like, 
you got to stay healthy. You that, that that's yeah. how you string building blocks together. You know, yeah. and once you get hurt, yeah, it sucks. And now you're rehabbing. Now you're trying to get back to where you were, and you're trying to get sharper. And you know, it, yeah, yeah. I don't tell yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You so like exactly like like bringing up that I brought up Cole earlier. It's so cool to see like yeah what that dude has accomplished and he's on freaking factory Honda now. And I remember back when we were younger, we would battle like every weekend and he had Cole had a lot of injuries right when he had yep. pro two and a lot of setbacks and he's overcame that. And it's like, dude, him and Oldenburg, I have so much respect for cause they've both have injuries at their point too. And now they're mm-hmm. freaking oh, oh, uh, they've overcame it. And just like, now Cole's freaking in the 450 class and the premier class. Yeah. And he's riding for factory Honda and like, we grew up racing with each other. It's so much respect, and it, it's like, it's so cool to see, honestly. And yeah. that's gnarly. Like that's so gnarly to do. Mitchell like, was quitting. Mitchell was done uh, until yeah. Tony called him. You know, he was going to do fencing mm-hmm. and stuff, and he was done. And Tony called him, and you know, and he's had two good years in the top five, and done the World Supercross Series, and probably made more money than he he ever did even at Star. You know, so yeah, yeah. He, you know, that you never know, right? You just never, yeah. never quite know. Uh, thanks to the folks at Seat Concepts. They're brand new on this pod this year. Code is pulpamx 23 Whether you're hitting the motocross track or gearing up for a trek across the country, Seat Concepts has a seat for you. And uh, they're all proudly handmade and developed in the USA by true motorcycle enthusiasts. Each seat incorporates a proprietary foam formulation that is designed to provide unmatched support and impact dampening to the rider. And if you um, are on a trip with a Seat Concepts, well, get a Zool's bag. Let Zool's help pack your passion. Pulp 23 is the code to save. I've got some Zool's bags. They work really, really well. Between flight delays, long lines, stop, stop, road construction, kids crying, the last thing everybody wants to deal with is a broken-handled jam zipper or wonky wheel on the roller bag. So whether you're traveling for work, pleasure, or hauling your kids to the never-ending sporting events, they understand the wear and tear your luggage goes through. Zools, Z-U-L-Z, was born from an extensive background in the luggage and modal industry. Pulp 23 is the code to say with Zools. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. Uh, so, Van, when you look back at your career and think about the things you did, what are a couple of races that stand out for you? Um, definitely Daytona 2016, first main event. Um, I pulled, I got 10th in the heat race and, and I'd won um, the Ricky Carmichael Amateur Supercross the like two years before that there. Okay, yeah. In A class. So I won a championship there. So I had good vibes at Daytona. And um, and freaking went out there in the LCQ. And they showed me on TV like the whole time I ripped a good start and made my first main. And that was, that was unreal for sure. And then, um, man, I 20, 2012 was was killer for me i thought going from a rookie straight from loretta's to going to southwick the next weekend and um then i went southwick unadilla um and then freaking miller motorsports <laughs> that place is garbage and then <laughs> um and then um i went to elsinore like the for the last four rounds and i got as a rookie i I got top 26 out of the eight motos that I did. So like looking back at that, that was, yeah. At the time I'm like, I was thinking like, dude, I'm all up from here. I'm about to get a factory ride. You know, I just got (laughs) top 26 out of the eight motos as a rookie. And just, it's crazy how just like, I don't know if things change so much, but there's, um, yeah, definitely Daytona was, was remember, a highlight. And do, you then, remember uh, being, do you remember being nervous on the main? Like, do you remember being like, oh shit, like do, 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 any of that? 
No, no. dude. I had, I had problems with freaking. I think my some of my problems in my career was like when I got hurt. Like just like that first main I made, I got content with making the main. You know, like yeah, not striving for more. You know, and and there were certain points in my career where I was content with making the damn night show, like in the 450 class, and and like it, that got really tough for me to do. Every weekend I was just barely squeaking in there, and I'm just trying to collect a paycheck. You know, and like I, I don't know, just mindset is a lot of it, and just like yeah, um just sometimes like I wouldn't get nervous if I made the night show. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. shit. I already made, yeah. I already made a paycheck. You yeah. know, that's what we yeah. came here for. I'm a struggling privateer. I just made a thousand bucks. Like, yep. Yep. and then I just ride around in the damn night show. Like <laughs> it, I feel like that was, that was some of my issue at certain points. And then I'd get hungry after making a few night shows. Then I start to get pissed off and be like, Oh, now I want to try to make the main, but I dicked around for, six six of the 17 rounds just being content with making the night show so um man it sucks when i lost the the nerves because i was content with just making the main or making the night show almost yeah well i mean there's guys there now that i know i've talked to people who ride with them some of these are my buddies so i don't really want to call them out but they just do eight laps they just work on eight laps that that's what they want to do because they just want to get the main event and so if they just do eight sprint laps uh, they'll worry about the. They have no desire to actually do something in the main. They've got the money. Yeah. They got a point sure. or two, and I'm. I don't know, man. That, that it's yeah. it's a little head shaking to me. But hey, whatever they want. But yeah, no, I know I know sure. dudes. I know dudes that just do eight lap sprints for practice. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Some of this. I got to that point in the 250 class where I'd make the main, and then I'd be like, after I made a few, the first few, I was like, oh fuck yeah, I'm in the main now. The the work's done basically. I could just go <laughs> yeah. roll around in the main. Yeah. yeah. And then after making a few of them, I'm like, no, screw that, dude. I want to get, yep. I want to get top 15. And then I got, I got 14th. That was my best finish in a, in a main at Minneapolis for Triple Crown, um, in 18. Um, and that was like, that was that was a highlight to me bringing that up. Yeah, that was definitely a highlight. And then in outdoors, I got 16th um, at Unadilla in that same year or no I, in 2016 i got 16th at dilla so that was my best finish so those are two highlights as well but do you have a yeah. do you have a, a favorite houston oh dude houston 2019 i don't know if you remember i dropped down to the 250 class i raced the 450 class the whole year um maybe i don't i don't think i remember seeing y'all tweet it much so you may have not been watching the lcqs but uh-huh. it was triple crown 2019 i dropped down to the 250 class I freaking barely missed the damn triple crown. I qualified like 19th, I think, and uh, and pulled the whole shot, and the LCQ led the whole damn thing and crashed right before I got the white flag in the whoops. Oh, okay. Dude, <laughs> I was about to win an LCQ in front of the hometown, make the triple crown. Um, that was – man, I freaking – I had nightmares about that race for <laughs> for a while. Like literally, it would have been my first LCQ win. I didn't make a main that year either in the 450 class. So making that in the 250 class, I freaking I still kicked my head about hitting the freaking. I was hitting the left side of the whoops all damn day and getting sketchy in it every lap. Uh-huh. Um, just like what Phil talked about this weekend um, on the on the Pulp Show, he said something like he wish he would have moved to the other side of the whoops. Yeah, yeah, he said he had tunnel and vision. Yeah. 
Yeah, I literally had the same exact thing. I, I was getting sketchy in the loops every lap on that side, but I still was like, oh, I'm winning. I can't change my line. And it fucking bit me in the ass, and I crashed with a lap to go from winning the LCQ. So yeah. that's that was that one. That one stands out to me for sure, though. That was a good Houston year. Yeah, I mean, right? Your, your friends and family and all that. Did you used to go to the Houston? Did you, I could be dating myself here. Are you too young to have gone to the Astrodome? No, I went to the Astrodome. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got pictures. Um, my dad raced in the Astrodome like the next day after the pros. Yeah. Back when they let like. Or no, I think it was like the same night he raced. Like they used to let, um, like the amateurs kind of race. And my dad was like in the A class and and doing really good in the Astrodome. And I got pictures of me as a baby freaking in the Astrodome. So okay, so yeah, you yeah, the Astrodome was cool. It was dark, but the dirt was good. The track was always really big. Um, yeah. And for people who don't know, your dad Sean used to be an owner of Honda of Houston, which was a very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealership, you know, back in the day, and and did supported so many riders going up from Josh Grant to who knows, yeah. you know, everybody. Weimer, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Han Brothers, right? Um, yeah, he was he was just a team manager. People think he owned. Oh, it, I thought he owned part of it. it. No, yeah, no. okay. Dave Martin was the owner, which it got confusing because we had the same last name. But okay, all right. We weren't related, but yeah, my dad's still working at Honda Houston, and he's a uh, He's a cycling maniac yes. for people on Strava, people that like Strava. Um, give I've my heard. dad a follow because he does <laughs> He does like 100-mile rides once a week. And he'll even – dude, he'll do them on like a gravel bike sometimes. Like he's a freaking maniac. He weighs less than me by like 20 pounds right now. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, you grew up – my point being is that you just grew up along the sport with some real cool – like you said, you weren't into it till you're 15, but yeah. you still grew up with like some real cool behind the scenes stories of racers and and teams and Supercross yeah. and all of that, you know? Yeah. yeah, I dude, Josh Grant was the reason I made a push to go pro. He was literally the first dude that I saw go from from Honda Houston, our team um, that my dad ran, mm-hmm. to getting um, a ride on Geico or Amsoil at the time, but yeah, and. Like, I knew Josh. He used to stay at our house and ride at Three Palms all the time and, like, bring me riding and stuff. And, like, and I just – I saw him go from an amateur to dude that I hung out with to being a superstar, almost, like, winning his first national yeah. that he went to. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that was my buddy. Like, I can <laughs> I can go do that. Like, I can go race in Supercross if I really try. And uh, he, he's one of my idols for sure. Dude had so much natural talent. He was – yeah, he was always yeah. so nice to me. Yeah, it's neat. You grew up uh, amongst all this stuff, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's kind of, sure. kind of a cool upbringing, I think. Um, in yeah, the sport. definitely. Do yeah. you, um, do, I mean, you know, like you're working with uh, Edwards and doing these schools. Do you, would you get in the industry? I feel like, you know, like with, with all your connections and all the things we just talked about, I feel like you'd fit in with the industry. Do you, how long do you want to do these schools for? Do you think you, your future involves industry work in California or, you know, or doing something else in the industry? I mean, obviously this is just new to you quitting the yeah. sport, but do you see that happening for you? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's definitely a possibility. I've, I've kind of like put together like a few teams that are in the pits. Like, um, it's crazy to think about it, but like, um, next level is a, is a new team that just started last year. And, uh, like I kind of helped Chris Fogolo with that, like putting that together a little bit. Um, that was actually Colin Edwards trailer that they're using still. Um, and, uh, like all South was a team that I had kind of put together too. But, um, 
and then we have a uh, this weekend actually have a um, Texas Truck Works is bringing their semi into the pits, and it's going to be like a hospitality for our, the kids that I, I'm bringing a bunch of kids on track walk too. All the oh, kids cool. that I train, yep. yeah, Texas Tornado MX. I'm bringing a bunch of kids on track walk, and um, we're having Texas Truck Works 18 wheeler in the pits, and uh, it's kind of he's he's thinking about kind of starting up a uh, like an East Coast swing of things for okay. a few local dudes that we have and they have a semi and um dude i would i would love to put together a race team um kind of like dustin pipes dude i look up to that dude so much like yeah um we were on tpj together my first year as a pro in 2013 and like had a bunch of battles and he was a bad dude as a racer and now he's freaking running a successful like race team um yeah, yeah if i could put together something like that or even any job in the industry. I feel like I have a lot of connections. Yeah, um, I think you do. Too. Definitely. Yeah. I, I really like where I'm at right now and, and this is growing. So, um, I'm really enjoying this, but I would love to do anything in the industry. And I, I think I can fit in pretty well and, and, uh, call some people if I ever, if I ever need help like that to, yeah. to get a job or something i hope anyways yeah absolutely uh thanks to max's tires by the way mxsts developed by uh jeremy mcgrath a ray's putting them in the main event in uh, this uh in san diego so thanks to max's tires great mountain bike tires as well and uh, also firepowerparts.com they got oil they got batteries they got chains a lot of privateers using firepowerparts.com get it at your local dealer check out their website firepowerparts.com it's good quality stuff it's great prices and a lot of people uh, run it. So, Van Martin yeah, here. Yeah, Kirk's the man. Yeah. Kirk is the man at Firepower. He is. He's helped so many people out. It's it's great. Um, For sure. FXR Racing and Race Tech uh, Privateer Island with Van Martin. Let me let me broaden the, uh, the, the talk a little bit here, Van. So, uh, I've been really impressed with John Short and Cartwright, a couple of Texas guys. Not not mm-hmm. uh, Cartwright's not from Texas, but lives there now. And um, yes. he's got a full-time job. And, dude, he qualified right inside the top 18 at the Triple Crown. John yeah, Short's John Short's two for three to start the 450 man events like dude these are a couple yeah. of privateer guys that are really good they, they've really Definitely. made some gains yeah dude it's it's cool to see what john's turned himself into for sure i've always known it's been there because i've raced him since we were kids mm-hmm. and, um he'd have weekends where and he used to be a john used to be like a woods rider when yeah, we first started racing each right. other on, on right. 85s and like i'm like dude who the hell is this freaking woods rider keeping up with me like and um yeah and then he he turned a good amateur national rider, just super low key. He's always been really low key. Has he always, always been had. like in super good shape? Like just like yes, just, yeah. dude. Always yeah. work her horse, dude. That right. dude, yeah, he will outwork some people. The dude's his legs are freaking massive too. If you look at him for how short he is, it's it's crazy. And uh, yeah, he's always been a hard worker and always. I feel like that's how he's got speed. Kind of mm-hmm. is is just working hard, and I I think that's kind of similar to me too. I was just didn't have a lot of talent but you just gotta freaking work your ass off until you make it basically and um john's the same way just just a really hard worker and i got so much respect for that dude and, and cartwright dude he's he's been racing in texas for a while too like winter series back when he was younger and he's always been sneaky fast has always, he yeah yeah always sneaky fast like people don't think about him either but I don't now put he's, he's Cartwright. Really I don't put Cartwright qualifying in the top eighteen in a triple crown in my in my uh, um, bingo card. Like that was pretty. Yeah, impressive. yeah. I wouldn't you know? either, honestly. Like uh, McElrath, LCQ, yeah. A Ray, LCQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whoever, whatever. Like a bunch of dudes around. Like that dude's faster than Josh Cartwright, uh, and they weren't yeah. at Anaheim. So 
I think Josh can shut his brain off and send it for a lap, though. I feel like he's pretty good at that. Uh, he's pretty good at turning his brain off. Who do you have winning this 450 championship? What do you, What are you seeing? Oh, I got to go with my boy Coop. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he looks better, man. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Coop have been friends for a long time. Dude's helped me out so much. Um, he's also I'm I'm doing a uh, with all the kids that I'm that I'm bringing throughout Supercross this weekend. We're bringing 20 kids, and we're doing a flat track on Friday, flat track practice, and then Saturday we're doing a meet and greet in the pits with Coop, and um, we're gonna go meet Dino and. Um, who else? Probably go talk to Filthy Phil. Nice. Filthy Phil used to ride for Honda Houston way back in the day. Yeah, he did. That's that. right. No, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, because uh, Honda was trying to put Phil uh, onto Alan Brown's Moto Triple X team because uh, they were all Honda, right? He was riding a Honda for you guys for Houston, and then they're like Honda was like telling Alan Brown like you got to put this Nicoletti guy on your team because he's a Honda kid. You know, it didn't end up happening, but Honda was definitely like trying to put Phil in there. So. Yeah. yeah um but and we're gonna have a meet and greet in the pits and then sunday we're doing a moto camp out at ttmx with uh kyle swanson another a good buddy of mine a, a supercross racer um so we have a really fun weekend planned out and yeah, i think cool. all 20 of us are gonna be going for cooper webb for sure yeah oh well, that's nice yeah he looks he looks better man absolutely looks uh yeah. like he's on point uh van martin what uh what are you gonna miss the most about racing what do you what is it dude i just like it was so sick just living that <laughs> that lifestyle like i yeah and i and i always did it right too like being a privateer like um i don't know i i feel like i'm i don't know i had good resources always uh, like someone that was helping me out sponsors that were helping me out so i would uh have like my bike on a rig you know for the most part a couple years i drove to quite a few with some friends but um for the most part the last few years as a privateer i'd have my bike on a rig and me and my wife would fly to the race you know and get a rental car and get a hotel with our hill and honors membership you know and um feel like a actual businessman you know like and not just living the lifestyle but like i feel like i was an adult dude that was like you know, it felt like someone, someone, uh, someone super important. And, uh, just being at the races every weekend, seeing everyone and, and, you know, the after parties on occasion, you know, those are <laughs> the, the monster parties that you can't get into. No, Steve. Yeah. I'm uh, not, honestly, those days I was there for a long time and in the last, uh, dude, I don't know, 10 years, I'm old now, dude. I just go to the hotel and go home. But I, I, I spent a lot of time at those things uh, all across the, the country. But um, Yeah, that the, lifestyle it, is, it, well, is sick. It is fun, and it's really cool. And I, I know a lot of people struggle with getting out of it because you just, you know, that's your friends, literally all the friends that you have, right, at the races. And, and mm-hmm. you think to yourself, what am I going to do now? But ah, you know what? You go back to Houston. You go to Dallas. You, you jump, drop in a few races. That's the same people there. And, uh, you know, you move on. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I used to kind of worry about it too myself. And I, I'm, I'm more at peace with like, you know what, dude, the, my, you know, I had my time, right. I had my fun and mm-hmm. it's time to do something else. So I don't know. Yeah. Like the last few years, I haven't gone to many after parties either. I feel like I've gotten old. Me and my wife just want to go <laughs> back to the hotel and crash yeah. and, uh, but yeah, I can but, imagine, you know, as again, as a failed pro racer sitting on a line for a main event at a supercross, it must be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, dude, it's unreal. And I'm definitely going to miss you just seeing everyone and feeling like you're a part of it and feeling like even though you're a privateer that's freaking 
barely making the night shows, you still feel like a rock star, you know, <laughs> like you still feel like a bad dude. And, uh, just being in the lights every weekend, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, hard to, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm going to miss it for sure. But, um, I like where I'm at. I'm happy with where I'm at. And I feel like if I go to any supercross, I want to still go to a few every year and keep relative, say relative in the industry. And, and I'm still really plugged in to the amateur, amateur scene. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I'll still, I could still reach out to whoever I want to on at any race weekend and to see him. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, uh, and your body's telling you too, that it's probably a good decision. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, uh, slower now. well, cool, man. Thanks for doing this. Anything else? Did I forget anything? No, I think that was it. Yeah. I mentioned, right. I mentioned about the cool stuff I'm doing this weekend yeah. with Texas tornado MX Colin Edwards himself for flat, Friday flat track. Saturday track walk and meet and greet in the pits with Cooper Webb and some pro riders. And then Sunday we're doing a moto camp with Kyle Swanson. And, um, I'm trying to go by three palms at some point on Friday to see y'all. Okay. Awesome. And see the live show, but I'm going to be pretty busy getting the track ready and, sure. and all that. So, um, I hope to run to you at some point and, um, yeah, absolutely. And dude, it'd be super cool. I, I, I just texted you the idea, but I was thinking like, um, I just had this idea the other day when we were, when I was texting you, I was like, dude, maybe like maybe this off season or something, we get like the whole racer X, um, group, like Weege, yourself, um, I don't know, Kiefer maybe, um, come check our place out. Cause we all, we got a bunch of bikes and come play around on some flat track. We got a hotel here on site. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I've heard good guns. things about it. Yeah, I've heard yeah, things about drink it. Yeah, beer with Colin Edwards. Right, right. Like maybe reach out to Davey. I'd reach out to Davey and see if like yeah, y'all want to come learn how to flat track for a couple of days and yeah, have fun and drink some beer and we, sh- we should try play, yeah. play around on dirt bikes. It'd be be really really fun. It would be. Yeah, let's uh, let's try to make that happen. I think uh, uh, yeah. you know drinking beer, Davey, be down with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks for the time and congrats on. Uh, the success you had in the sport, and, and, I, and like I said, you're a pretty popular guy in the pits and in the industry, so I have no doubt that whatever you're going to do next, whether the schools keep on going or whatever, you'll be successful at it, man. So, um, but yeah. I appreciate it, buddy, and uh, I'd love to co-host anytime if, if there's an opportunity there, for sure. Yeah, no, well, let's, let's talk after I hang up, but uh, we, can, uh, we can figure it out. I wouldn't mind having you out here, for sure. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. I appreciate everything you do for us privateers, always. Yeah, thanks, Van. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll probably see you this weekend. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you. See you.